Welcome to the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belongings Team podcast, Why Language Matters. This podcast is meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive. I am Badiana Badia. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a sales leader, and I've had multiple leadership roles in sales throughout my career, and that is why I'm really excited to facilitate the discussion on the experience of being a woman in sales. My name is Rina Mamrud, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm the senior sales manager for San Antonio, Texas. Just moved out here about a week ago, and I've been in sales predominantly with Sunrun for the last six years. Hi, everyone. My name is Trista. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm an FSC here in Vermont. I have been for over two years. I'll introduce myself as Liz Fajardo. I go by the pronouns she, her, and hers. I am now in my 10th year in the solar industry. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I've had various sales roles over the years. And right now I'm a channel account sales manager for the Sunrun channel team. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, for your introductions. I wanted to know if you guys were able to take a look at Working While Woman. It was an article about a male counterpart and a female counterpart working in the same organization. The end result was when the female, she was just struggling. She was basically seen as inferior to her male counterpart because of just various hurdles that she was experiencing or just, you know, assume that she was slower and just not as skilled. And then they had a shared email box when her male counterpart started responding to clients with her signature, he realized all of her setbacks or weaknesses were actually the result of clients not taking her seriously and not respecting her because he was doing the same exact thing, but his email was with her signature on it. Then this prompted an experiment because their boss assumed that it was just her being inferior to him. They decided to switch email and she started responding to clients with his email signature with the same skill acumen that she once had before. And it was just the easiest, calmest work week that she ever had. Everything was a breeze for her and her results exponentially exploded from that. So my first question is, what's different about being a woman in sales? And what were your thoughts about that particular synopsis of that article? We can start with you, Lizzie. I did not read that. I'm so sorry. But hearing the summary of it, I've read and I've heard that story a million times before. I've experienced it myself before. How did that story make me feel? Frustrated, I guess, is a word that comes to mind. Frustrated, upset indignant would probably be another good word. Working in a very male-dominated field, I would argue that most any female that's been in that sort of environment has experienced some sort of this behavior. And over time, unfortunately, you just learn to deal with it. You can't be as passionate as some of your male counterparts because you might come off as emotional or pushy or abrasive instead of being ambitious and driven and a go-getter. So I have had to augment the way that I handle situations because I've been that woman before. I see my male counterparts using language or handling a situation 
And I thought they did a really good job handling it. Oh, okay. I'm going to implement that sort of solution the next time I find myself in this situation. And so I I do. Um, And then it just, it didn't work out the same way for me uh, as it did for my male counterparts. And over the years, I had to learn to soften my language, soften my approach so as to not come off as the B word. Valid points, Lizzie. Thank you so much. Could not agree more. I read the article and I think the first word that came to my mind was shocked. I remember the quote where she was just used to it. And I guess my shock came from me being used to it. I used to sell cars and I know that there was a huge difference between me and my male counterparts, but I guess I never really took it as as much of a gender thing as it was my personal experience. They've been selling cars longer. That's why they're better at it. But now I'm thinking I was really good at it, but maybe there was just this unspoken reason why I was not excelling the way that my male counterparts were, you know? And yeah, I really liked the article. I mean, it's frustrating to hear those scenarios, but I think it really opened my eyes to like what I go through every day. I realized so many customers second guessing me that I have started to second guess myself. Like I know for a fact that this is true. And they say, how do you know this? And I'm just like, wait, how do I know this? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I've begun to second guess myself because I'm constantly second guessed. It's upsetting to hear that story. People always tell me I'm a little bit naive. (laughs) And after a lot of self-reflecting, I, I realized like I really am. And I think I've been blind to things like that that have happened in my career because I just always wanted to take an approach of, you know, I, I was going to figure out a way to reach my goals and nothing was going to get in my way to do that. And if I focused on the disadvantages that I had, I wouldn't be able to do that. So maybe it's like my coping mechanism to ignore those things. But I will say that looking back, I probably have sensed it. And it's forced me to work extra hard and knowing my craft very well, practicing more so that I was, you know, through talking to me, people would find that I was credible. Like they could hear it in the tone of my voice. I think sometimes it can hold us back if we focus on what our disadvantages are, like in this situation. And it's very unfortunate that that still happens out there. But unfortunately, we can't control it. I really appreciate you bringing that up, though, Rena, because you're absolutely correct. I wouldn't say there's nothing we can do about it, but it's not going to serve us well to dwell on it or to use it as a crutch or to use it as an excuse. And you've seen people do that before too, where they'll use an opportunity to make an excuse for their own shortcomings. And I think that everybody on this call, all the females on this call are successful because they have not let excuse get in their way. And they haven't let that excuse be a reason for why they're not going to beat their male counterparts. And that's one of the coolest things about sales, where I think we have it better than other women who work in a field where your performance is graded on more of a subjective level. In sales, fortunately for us, there is an objective scoreboard and you're either going to get more or less points than your counterparts. 
And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I have found a place in sales and why I like to stay here, because it is a little easier to win without focusing on some of those obstacles. Love that feedback, Lizanne and Rena. I completely agree with you in regards to having your performance be based on these metrics that can be reviewed solely on what you're able to bring to the table, how many customers you can convert, how many installs you can get installed, et cetera, or the various you know sales department that you're working under. It makes it a lot easier to be able to prove yourself and show that you have the capability to be on the same level or exceed your male counterparts. I would like to hear about your day-to-day or your daily routine. This is kind of a fun one. So I'm working from home now, of course, due to COVID. I'm working completely virtually. And I've set up a home office for myself. And I'm constantly leaving like little sticky notes as reminders like, you can do this. Let's go, girl. Just pick me up because sometimes I just get so frustrated with the job. And I think that's almost my favorite part of the day is just like forgetting where I put a sticky note and then finding it. And I'm like, oh my God, I can do this. So that's, you know, part of my daily routine. The other part is just, I I know we're going to get into this more, but just the transition of working from home as women, the work-life balance. My fiance, he works like 80 hours a week at a dealership. And I'm home, so not only am I working full-time, but I'm also the housekeeper, which is a full-time job in itself, and it sometimes feels super overwhelming. So yeah, that's kind of my day-to-day, like cleaning and working (laughs) and cheering myself on. I'm going to sidebar to all of our listeners. Uh, You missed that everyone was holding up their various sticky notes because... (laughs) We all seem to do the same thing where we write really encouraging notes to ourselves. So we had everyone holding up. (laughs) So I love that too. So that was great. (laughs) As a FSC, a lot of my communication with customers is mostly phone calls. But at this time, with so many uh, cars extended warranty calls coming out, it's been a lot easier to reach people through text or email. Like if someone doesn't answer your call, you send a text and they call you back immediately now that they know that you're not trying to scam information from them. So it's kind of been a a different world these days, but I would say it's about 50-50 between men and women who I'm talking to. I get a really good rapport with my customers, but my appointments tend to go a little bit longer than, you know, my male coworkers. In the article it mentioned like you have to earn their respect before they listen to you. And that is definitely something that I notice as well, regardless men or women. I can relate to that as well, Trista. (laughs) Same for me. My consultations were always, you know, two hours long, two and a half hours longer, just because you have to build that rapport and lower those walls before you can get them to really start engaging and listening to the education portion of the process. I always thought it would be easier to get people to listen to me as a woman because I feel like people don't come to women with their guards up. You know what I mean? Like when I was selling cars, I'd get a lot of women who came in looking to work with a woman because they felt more comfortable. And I always just assumed people would be more comfortable talking to me. But then I realized that they are comfortable talking to me, but they're not comfortable listening to me. And that was a really big transition that I had to learn, especially doing virtual sales. 
So I deal with my customers mostly in this setting. So you guys are getting full experience right now. We're doing mostly video calls. I should be in the field with them if this was not, you know, COVID. I'm really excited to getting out and, and traveling once I'm able to, to sit down and break some bread with my customers. But, you know, once I have an established relationship, we have our scheduled video conference calls. I pride myself in my customer service skills. I think that's the number one contributor to my success in my career. I work very, very hard for my customers and I want them to feel like they are being supported as well as they can be. Outside of that, I mean, you can text me, you can call me, you can send me a bat signal and I'll, I'll make myself available to you. For my customer base, I would say well over 95% are men. And the people that I'm most speaking to are um, you know, CEOs, CFOs, the C-suite people, VPs, middle management, and then occasionally sales reps. But I have found that even in some of the most diverse organizations, which ours is extremely diverse when you compare it to other companies, once you start climbing the ladder, it, it starts getting very, very male. <laughs> I'm usually interacting with customers via phone or mostly over the phone nowadays. It's probably more male than female, the people that I'm meeting with. But as often as I can, I try to get the husband and wife together. I think it's just the better dynamic for multiple reasons when we have both parties there. Thank you, Rena. I think it's because we're all just so trained to focus on metrics and numbers that we, and we were talking about our daily routine or what it looks like. We all really focused on the numbers and, you know, the facts of our day to day, but we didn't really talk about our feelings or attitudes. So I wanted to go into asking about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is when an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has this persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Have you guys experienced that? And if you have, like, how do you overcome it? And what's your way of being able to just go out there and get yourself back on top? I'll, I'll start with this one. So I mentioned that I'm in my 10th year of solar. Nine of those were at Sunrun. I'm back. I left for a short stint and went to work at another company where, frankly, I had a really horrible experience regarding gender and some of the norms that were put in place. And I experienced this in my last role a lot. It, it created anxiety and it kept me from really being able to just focus on what my job was. So I went into this role with a phenomenal resume. My experience was a, a perfect fit. And I, I went into that role feeling like I had a lot to contribute. And I will say my experience at Sunrun, although I have many times been the only female in a boardroom, my experience at Sunrun has been great. My male counterparts respect me. They listen to my opinion and they take it seriously. And they'll implement some of my best practices into their own business. Moving over to another company, I was kind of expecting the same sort of atmosphere, and it was not the same. And to Trista's point, it did start making me question myself, like, huh, like, am I that good at this? Am I that good at sales? Like, maybe I'm not. Like, 
maybe I just lucked out in my last career experience. And that's how I'm able to get all of that success. And this is after having a job where you're being measured by very, very specific metrics. And, and I, I did a job, but I found myself in this environment where I was asking myself if that was all a charade, <laughs> if I had maybe just um, finally taken a look at the real me and I wasn't well suited to succeed in a hardcore sales role or in this industry at all. I'm happy to say that being back at Sunrun, I feel like fucking water again. Like I'm, I'm back to having that confidence where I'm like, wait, no, I totally know what I'm talking about. I can do this. I'm very good at what I do and I love what I do. But that imposter syndrome was a trip. I mean, what it did on like a mental and emotional was a real trip that I hope I don't experience again. And if I do myself in a situation where gaslighting might happen to occur again, I think that I'd probably be better positioned to handle myself a little bit better or even just get out of that situation. And having conversations like this that you guys are facilitating is really helpful. And I, I know we can control it to a, a strong degree, but having these conversations and normalizing these conversations and even having Marcus, uh, who I'm sure is extremely open-minded, but, but having men involved in these conversations, listening to these stories, they do make a difference, I think. Absolutely agree. I think uh, like Tristan mentioned in, too, it's like figuring out the fine line of balancing a full-time job that's pretty demanding and then also trying to serve your duties outside of work, i.e. taking care of the home or taking care of a significant other or if you're a mother, taking care of a child. And sometimes managing both and juggling both has made me feel like, oh my God, I can't do both of these. So I just feel like I'm fraudulent in both arenas at home and at work. <laughs> I'm really, really trying hard to find that balance of being able to give my full self at work and be excited about it and create this inclusive environment for my colleagues and my team, but also at the same time, not letting work completely take over my personal life and neglect my family. That's what 2021 is really about for me, being able to be present personally and then also be present at work and not have one take over the other but mainly usually work takes over personal because <laughs> of how career driven I can be. On that, Badiana, I read this book called Successful Women Think Differently by Valerie Burton. And she indirectly talks about the imposter syndrome. She doesn't actually call it that, but she was saying that compared to men, women tend to attribute their successes to luck and their failures to themselves. So I related that to that so hard. I'm just like, when I have a bad day at work, I'm just thinking, what could I have done better? What happened? And then when I have a good day, I'm like, wow, what a lucky day. And I was talking to another FSC. She's in Massachusetts and she's like one of the best in Massachusetts. And she was saying that she sent out like a hundred emails to try to get people to talk to her. And she said, if I'm lucky, they'll respond. And I actually corrected her. And I was like, no, it's not luck because you did the work to get the responses. It's only luck if you didn't do the emails and got a response. And I think that that quote or that, you know, the book really changed my mindset on, I can attribute my successes to myself, 
without being conceited, like I did a great job, you know, and I can contribute my failures to outside sources. Like I couldn't make it to an appointment today because the roads are terrible. That's out of my control. And, you know, I think that we could all really learn something from that. I relate a lot to Liz's story because we kind of went down the same path. So I left Sunrun for a year as well and came running back. (laughs) During that time, I think I experienced this imposter syndrome a lot, and it was 100% self-inflicted. Anytime we make a big change like that, that transitional period is difficult, and we start to feel different emotions that we haven't felt before, and there's new learning that we have to do, meeting new people, building new relationships. I think that circumstance is really a test of our self-confidence. And I got to say, the thing that helped me the most through this was talking to different people. My family is extremely supportive. They believe in me oftentimes more than I believe in myself. And also speaking with sales leaders here within our organization and expressing, you know, some of the concerns that I had with my performance at the last job and also throughout transitional periods at Sunrun as well. You know, I'm really grateful for the exceptional leaders that we have here at Sunrun, like Toby has been great, Chris McClellan, and these people who have always helped me see more in myself than I have seen in myself. My point is just talking about it and expressing sometimes when we're having self-doubt is okay, even if it's uncomfortable. And a lot of times people can help us get rid of that imposter syndrome. Phenomenal insight, Rena. It's a perfect segue talking about have you relied on allies or mentors to help you in your career and how has that helped you progress in your career? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in we are the five people that we hang out with the most. And the people here at Sunrun are extraordinary. I don't think I would have learned or accomplished half of what I accomplished today if it wasn't for the things that I've learned from the people around us. I mean, listening to Lynn, like, I used to just go searching for YouTube videos of Lynn, I just wanted to keep hearing her talk. And like, get as much information and as much out of her brain as I possibly could. <laughs> Some other allies that I mentioned before, Chris McClellan and Toby Lee, like they, them too were, are the ones that I was closest with at Sunrun, as well as Andrea Agostino from training. Countless hours of strategizing and leadership training and getting their feedback on what I could do better. That was so extremely helpful. And then also growing up with my dad was selling watermelons on the street of Israel. And when he was 12 years old, he has immense sales knowledge. So getting all of the lessons that I learned from him, as well as my mom, who is also in sales, was really, really helpful in my career. I love to talk about family, Rena. That's uh, really powerful. My allies are one, yes, my parents are huge impact on my success as a female and also as a black female in corporate America. They've always just been super supportive of me and what my goals are. And the more 
energy, particularly positive energy that I put out, the more I seem to be rewarded. But also relating to what Trista said, it's also just my sheer hard work. I'm a hard worker. I've always been so. And that's because of the values that my parents instilled in me. And then at Sunrun, Keisha has been a huge, huge ally of mine. She's always been extremely supportive of my character, what my strengths are, and highlighting that. And uh, that has allowed me to be more of who I am on a daily basis, bring that level of skill to Sunrun. And then also the DIMB team has been like my most recent ally the last few months. Having a team of people like Marcus and Nick and Hillary who are just so open and aware of these conversations and understanding how important they are. Last year, when all of this whole the pandemic broke out, we started having these conversations with everything that happened. And the passion to ensure that these conversations don't stop came over me with a vengeance. And when this team came together, it was so important for me to be a part of this and be a part of this movement to have these conversations. So these topics get normalized, people feel more comfortable, people feel more inclusive, people feel they belong here at Sunrun, continue to develop this great organization. I was working for another solar company before this, and Sunrun actually recruited me due to a good friend of mine and teammate and colleague, Ajay Singh. He put my name in. Biggest driver of me leaving that organization was the fact that our CEO was a female. I was like, okay, if I come to this organization, I know for a fact that I have career growth here and I'm not going to hit a glass ceiling and I need to be dedicated, work hard, and I'll get rewarded for those efforts. And I have seen that happen time and time again. I got to give Keisha a huge shout out. She is one of my biggest supporters here at Sunrun. One of like, the first times I met her, she remembered my name. She meets hundreds of people. She's in charge of like so much. She's so busy. And it just meant so much to me that she remembered my name after meeting me once. And from then, like she just had my respect and she has continued to help me grow. So I just have a huge, huge shout out to her. I love her. Some of the other supports in my life, I've got four sisters and we were raised by my grandmother. My grandmother passed away a while ago, but she was one of the strongest women I've ever known. And one of my driving forces on my day-to-day is like, I want to do what would make my grandmother proud. And that just, you know, keeps me going. Obviously, I've got my best friend from college. She's a GM for H&M now. She's hugely successful. So we always talk. And then I also reach out to a lot of the other female sales or the FSCs in New England because their experiences even though they're in different states, are similar to mine compared to getting, you know, feedback or advice from one of my male coworkers. They just, I hate to have that gender barrier there, but it's just different, you know? And so those are some of the biggest support systems that I have. And I am like the biggest fan of women supporting other women. That's like one of my favorite things on the planet. Trista, a hundred percent. I can echo a few things that you mentioned. One, Keisha Perez. I mean, gosh, she's just like smashing glass ceilings left and right. Um, So Keisha and I have spent a lot of time in San Francisco together. We'd always seek each other out and kind of have our sidebar conversations, really talking about just that. Like, hey, we're two women in this organization. We're trying to get stuff done. Let's connect more often. Let's reach out to each other and, you know, let's root each other on. So 
yeah, Keisha Perez, obviously a G. Uh, my sister Susan was a very successful sales professional. So when I first started out, she was helpful. When I became a sales rep, there was only one other female sales rep in the entire country, Hillary Chen, another incredible, amazing woman. And Hillary and I would do exactly what you're saying, Trista. We were, she, we were the only two women. And so we would call each other and talk about some of these experiences that we were having that maybe wouldn't have resonated as strongly with some of our male counterparts. And we found a lot of solace in that. If I did not have Hillary Chen in my first year as a sales consultant, I would have either had a mental breakdown or I just absolutely would not have been at this organization anymore. <laughs> Hashtag Hillary Chen's awesome. Um, and then moving forward, you know, I've been able to form a lot of really close relationships. In fact, a lot of colleagues have transcended to some of my best friends, Hillary Chen being one of them. Um, Nicole Doyle on this call is one of my best friends in my outside work life. Bree Real in San Diego on the training team, one of my best friends. And to Rena's point, the people that you surround yourself with, I've been very lucky to find these humans at Sunrun who aren't just exceptionally cool, but they are insanely brilliant, very intelligent, and so hardworking. They push you to go harder. And they don't take it easy on you either because they know all the BS. They know what you can do. And if you try and run your BS game on them, they're going to call you out on that. And I love it. Some of the male mentorships that I have is, you know, Daniel Madwell and, and Greg Munder. Even when I left Sunrun, these two guys and I would get on the phone and we would talk about our struggles and help each other through it. We'd say, hey, help me chew the fat on this. I'm having this issue. I need your help. Back at Sunrun, Daniel and I are still doing that on Gchat, but Greg Munder lives in Atlanta and he's texting Daniel and me on the reg with his gripes about his new sales career. And then there's just been a lot of leaders that have pulled me up. John Bumgarner brought me into this organization on day one, and he has continually brought me up on numerous occasions. In fact, he's the one who pulled me back into Sunrun into the role that I have now. And then I would say Jeff Vasek, who used to be a training director here, he would pull me aside and give me a tough talk as often as he had the opportunity to give it to me. And then right now I have my boss, Jeff Kinnack. I've only been working with him for a few months, but he is exactly what a strong, fearless female in a man's world would want for a manager. He's, he's awesome. He's super supportive and he doesn't mind me being, you know, me, which has rubbed some of my managers in the past, but my new manager is, Totally, totally on board. So I am happy, happy. <laughs> Can I add someone to my list real quick? Absolutely. I guess I was just so focused on women mentors. I forgot my fiance. He's been in sales for 15 years. He runs dealerships and he's always trying to hire more women in sales because he knows that we are really good at it. And I just, I can't say enough about him. That's incredible. I think all of our experiences would have been dramatically different if we didn't have fellow women here doing roles or similar roles or colleagues that were female. Like Lizzie pointed out, you just meet these people and they pick you up. They ensure that you're not taking it too easy on yourself. Like Rena mentioned earlier, you want to make sure that you're not making excuses and that you're always putting your best foot forward. And then you can have those tough conversations that only female understand and like have those, have that, you know, space where you can really just get these emotions out and then continue to thrive in a male dominated organization. 
And then to, <laughs> to address the Keisha Love Fest, one of the major impacts for me as a woman of color is seeing another woman of color rise up the Sunrun chain. It definitely just, you know, sets the path that I have that same access and it might not look just like hers, but it makes me feel confident that I can blaze my own path as a woman of color and keep working my way up at Sunrun. So that is uh, huge. We need to smash those glass ceilings and be a representation for all different types of women who are coming into sales. We have only a couple minutes, but I want each of you to discuss what's some advice that you would give a woman getting into sales. She's fresh out of whatever, you know, career transition, or she's thinking about getting into sales. What is your advice for her? I'll start this one off because <laughs> it's something that, that Rena had alluded to earlier. And, and I can't stress this enough. And I've, I've answered this question a lot on panels like this. Don't focus on the obstacles. Yeah, they're out there for sure. And they're probably going to be out there for a while longer. And that, that is what it is. But focus on how you can get yourself to the next step. Focus on how you can beat the competition with the opportunities and the skill set that you do have. Find those holes, find those opportunities to Trista's point. Work hard so that when those opportunities run by you, you are absolutely set up to capitalize and take advantage of them. I mean, that's pretty much it. You can do it. Sales is awesome, especially for women. Like now we we have our own credit cards. We can make our own money. I mean, I make more money than a lot of guys that I work with. And that's fantastic. So just keep on keeping on. <laughs> Something that I think I would say is sales is in every job. Every job that we have out there in society involves selling. I'm driving around, I see billboards for doctor's offices, and I'm thinking like, how are they marketing for their doctor's offices? And if they don't know how to do that, they're probably struggling. And then just like even operational jobs, sales is all about communication, and every single job involves communication. I saw a Warren Buffett quote recently that said, that you automatically increase your earning potential by like 50% if you just take one communication course, if you just learn how to communicate better. And so sales is a skill that we're going to need no matter what job we're in. And to Liz's point, if you feel intimidated by it, or if you're already in sales and you feel intimidated by taking on more responsibility or a leadership role, that intimidation, that uncomfortable feeling that you get when you're thinking about it, is it a sign that that's exactly what you should be going after? Like you should be putting yourself into that uncomfortable area. If you're not sure you can do it, go for it because that's where you grow. And we need more women in leadership roles and in every aspect of the business. If you don't go after it, you're you're letting us all down. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you have to no, go. I love that. <laughs> Rena, you just made me think of a quote from this woman, Angel Hayes. She's a fantastic rapper. But she said, risk being uncomfortable to become unstoppable. And that quote is always in the back of my mind. I love that. But I'd say the advice I have is if you're getting into sales, do things that make you uncomfortable. That's the only way that you're going to excel. And two, I would find the like most successful person on your team, male or female, 
and spend the most amount of time that you can with that person. You don't want to learn the habits of someone who is mediocre or who is just floating through sales. You want to find the best one and learn their habits. Nailed it. On that note, <laughs> that was such amazing advice. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. All right. I'm going to close out this episode. I really appreciate all of you for being a part of this conversation and this chat and continue to be the boss ladies that you are and empower and bring up and elevate other women and also other men too. You know, let's use our skill set and our awesomeness to make everyone feel included and allow everyone to excel. So thank you so much. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you guys so much. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you.